We made contact a little over 20 minutes ago. How do you know it's them? They came through, just as you said they would, on the board. The board? It worked? In here. Try to be quiet. Oh, they are here with us now. In the room. Send us. Send us a sign. Watch. Planchette. It's moving on its own. It's spelling something out. Oh, noble hosts. Write what it is that you want. Tell us. Let me write that down. T. E. A. A. N. D. G. R. U. M. P. E. T. S. T and the Grumpets. What does that mean? Yet, I think the demon's target is not the possessed, it is us. The observers, every person in this house. And I think, I think the point is to make us despair, to reject our own humanity, to see ourselves as ultimately bestial, as ultimately vile and putrescent, without dignity, ugly, unworthy. And this is part two of Ed and the Rain Warren special. And I'm one of your hosts, Glenn. And I'm the other one, Mike. And we continue our odyssey into the supernatural, the Warrens, and everything in between. Um, so let's kick it off. Ed and the Rain Warren in our previous episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, part one, I suggest you go back and listen to that before listening to this episode, uh, because it may be rather confusing if you're picking up with this. Um, it's also really inconsiderate. Don't you hate that when podcasts are just like, well, you have to listen to the next one? Like, <laughs> I hate two-parters. Like, what jerks we are, man. Yep. And also, what was that at the beginning? In a world where there are demons and ghosts, your face will be abducted by aliens. <laughs> Where's that from? Like, what is it is from William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist. Um, and, okay. And if you want to read a scary book, read The Exorcist. No, thanks. No, I feel like I live it every day. Yeah, but, it's a, it's oh a genuinely terrifying book. I must say that. Um, yeah, I, I can imagine. The movie's pretty awesome. Yeah. So speaking of movies, today we, we are focusing on movies, books, and ghost busting. Yep. The movie's <laughs> based excited, on the yeah. Warren stories. Uh, yep. The Warren's own book, um, and of course, the Warren's actual occupation of ghost busting. Um, yeah. So, Mike, uh, take us away. Mike has been doing an odyssey in the last week or so of watching everything in the Conjuring universe, as they call it, 
uh, to do with the Warrens and the web of films they have weaved. Um, so, Mike, take us through. Actually, let's start with Mike. Take us through what horror movies mean to you, and whether these are just horror movies or are they special? Great question, Glenn. Um, man, horror has played a big part in my life for the past, I'd say, two years now. Yeah. I mean, since Shutter came out, uh, I I don't know why I love them so much, but like, just sharing something personal, like, you know, uh, the dog died a couple of weeks ago, and. I've been watching almost nothing but horror films, and it's been quite comforting for whatever reason. Maybe that says a lot about me as a person, but it's just so far removed from normal life that you don't question the insanity of what you're watching. At least mm -hmm. I don't. So, um, and these movies specifically are a different field of horror film than the norm. The norm is just, you know, pick a subject, all right, uh, werewolves. Okay, yeah, that's what the movie's about. Like, these encompass so many different uh, aspects of par paranormal activity, for lack of a better term, that um, it's it was a pleasure, in some respects, watching all of these films. There is, there's a range from, you know, poltergeist, possession, to just straight-up murder in all of these. But... Uh, I don't know if I feel attached to them after watching them, but I, I, I definitely know I had an experience. So uh, I've watched literally every movie within the canon. There are a couple like The Nun, which is not, but we'll get to that. Um, I haven't watched yet. But now, have you seen these movies? Yes, every one of them. Okay. And right off the bat, <laughs> Tia Grumpet. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll give you a brief rundown. Uh, Conjuring. I'm not going to say actually. These are just. This is just my opinion for these as a horror movie because I, I'm notorious for giving horror movies an easy run. I'm very, very, okay. very flexible with horror movies, and I think if I enjoy them more than anything, I'm so uncritical of horror movies. I'm less critical of horror movies than I am of superhero movies, um, <laughs> which is which is nuts anyway because. Uh, you know, you've only got to show me someone in spandex. I'm like, I'm going to watch this for two hours. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say Conjuring. I give it a T. Conjuring 2, even though I have problems with it, still a T. Entertaining. Uh, the Annabelle films, all grumpets for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Nun, half T. You know, that's a tepid T. Um, okay. And The Curse of La Llorona, again, tepid T. Uh, have I missed any? I know, you watched more than I did, but I yep. watched them all in the span of two days, so... <laughs> God, let's let's tear into these, because there's a lot. Do you want to um, do the timeline? Yes, uh, I'm going to do... I have it all right here. Excellent. This is, this is Mike's episode. It. Yeah, yes and no. Maybe. Me review... Oh my God, I'm having a stroke, or I'm possessed. Me reviewing movies is like you performing a concert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this is going to be so out of the box. So, uh, and help me, please, because I'm going to need it. So, right off the bat, we start with The Conjuring. Yep. Now, let me preface all of this. Every one of these movies is over an hour and a half. <laughs> How dare you? Mike, like, Mike as has I'm going with anything that's. Uh... Runs slightly longer than 50 minutes. I think. 15 minutes, okay. <laughs> also, all of these movies could have been cut down by an hour. Yep. Like literally an hour. Anyway, Conjuring, an hour and 52 minutes. Kill me. Okay? So, ugh, 
All I have in my notes is that Ed Warren does an exorcism while he explicitly states that he is unable to do so because he is not a priest. Like, in his book, he is like, I don't perform exorcisms. Yet in the movie, there is Ed Warren in the basement with this thing, this possessed human with the chair floating up to the ceiling, and good old Ed is performing the damn exorcism while breaking every rule in his own damn book. You're not supposed to stop an exorcism no matter what. And every five seconds in the movie, he's like, oh, are you okay? Did you say something? He's like, viva la extra Oh, oh, do you need a napkin? Viva in the, the blah. Are you okay? Like, it was asinine. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. So, uh, thoughts about The Conjuring, Glenn? Talk, talk uh, to I, I, thought it, I thought it was... You know, if you, if you take out the fact that these are based on supposed true stories and you treat them as fictional characters, I thought it was okay. Um, I thought the, the, I the one bit I didn't like that actually gave me the chills a bit was the uh, go clap scene. Go clap? You know when she's playing in the house? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and the, do you see the hand just come out of the uh, wardrobe? And yeah, that, like that. that's a really weird game, Glenn. Like, most people with their kids, I, I don't know, over here, I don't know how it is by you, like, when we play hide-and-go-see, like... Go hide. I count down from mm -hmm. 20. There's no clapping. This isn't freaking Marco Polo. Like, this game is where the adult was blindfolded on a top floor of a house yep. with stairs. And the kid is hiding. And, like, the parent says, all right, uh, give me my first clue. And the kid claps. Yeah. Okay. But in the movie... The kid's in another room, and the clap comes from the closet, and that's, like, the freakiest thing ever. Yeah. But what? What is that how you guys play hide-and-go-seek? God, no. I, I would not go into an old house clapping for the very reason if something clapped back, I would never set foot in that house again. I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd be so long I'd gone. monetize it. Um, I'd monetize it. Come to the clapping house. <laughs> Mike's Mike's clapping house. Come on down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it, 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 it was rough. It, it, it was okay. I mean, which one is this based on? Uh, this know. is based on, I believe, is it the Perez family? Yeah, is that this one? Yeah, I yeah, believe probably. it is. With a, uh, is it Baf Bafshida, the, the, the witch that supposedly... The, yeah. the Peron family, sorry, the Perez Peron, family. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one it's based on. Um, and I, you know what I liked? Yeah, they started with the Amityville horror. They start like the very first two minutes of the film is them showing uh, context for Ed and Lorraine in their involvement. Yep. They're like, "Here's what happened in Amityville. The, the Warrens are well-respected paranormal people, and this is why they're coming here." Yeah. So, they, like, uh, overall, in all these films, Glenn, I have to say the continuity is really well done. Like, it's superior to any other franchise mm -hmm. in horror that I've seen. But uh, this is all over the place, this movie. But yeah, Bath, Bathsheba That's it. Is, is the town witch. And um, she sacrificed her, her weak old child to the devil and killed herself mm -hmm. at 3.07 in the morning. And that's, again, 3.07. Like la last time, 3.15. Like the hour from 3 to 4, if you're conscious, you're going to get abducted by a demon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, like, 
yeah. So like, when and if I have kids, if my baby starts crying at three oh seven, that thing is gonna cry until four oh one. Okay, because I ain't getting up <laughs> from the hours from three to four. Sorry, uh, kid. I mean, I would, but like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, do you know when, when I was good. a kid? Um, yeah. My <laughs> my mum used to actually tell me that. Uh, don't wake, don't wake up uh, at, at the witching hour because <laughs> she'll be sorry. Um, oh God! Yeah, like not like a threat, but like I, I don't know. Maybe she believed in that. How do you say that? Not like a threat. You'll be sorry. Yeah, like you'll be sorry. And um, I can remember once, and um, this is purely a child imagination, but this is stuck with me. Right, mm. I can remember waking up at night. And this is when I was sharing a room with my brothers when we were still like quite young. They're they're older than me, and I I could hear what's you know like the triangle people used to play in like the school band. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I I'm could familiar hear with it. Ding. Oh, ding in my room. Now I'm a kid at the time, right? But that has never left me that I heard that, and I couldn't explain where it's from because I wasn't a rational kid at the time. But all I knew is. I'm laying there in the darkness, and I can just hear this ting, ting, and I can jump out the window. Yeah, I can remember just putting I the covers over the my head and just going to straight the fuck back to sleep. <laughs> the biggest nope, uh, immediate well, nope ever. Wow. Well, let's jump into these stories. I mean, why not? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So, do you get like triggered when you hear a triangle? Uh, no, but I, I do always still think of that. Um, God. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I think I think if you're really into horror, uh, I think it does desensitize you a lot. But I also think it does mess you up with imagination. Yeah, you know, and I, I want to talk about that too when we get to the book. Like, yep. I don't know. I get the heebie-jeebies, like even through a book. Like most horror films, like afterwards, I'm like, cool, that was an experience. But I don't know when I was reading the Demonologist. Like, I'd be going to the bathroom, like keeping the door open checking to make sure that there wasn't a demon next to me like i get like spooked like that pretty easily after i've been immersed in it in so long uh -huh. like that book took three weeks to read and when i would read it like it would creep me out but we'll get there so conjuring was a tea uh, and i don't want to take away from your story that's horrifying oh uh, yeah <laughs> that, that that wasn't a nice uh a nice thing that was uh yeah that that was a genuine oh my god and i can still remember my little sweaty self just Hiding the hell away and just, nope. <laughs> God, well, I promised a story this week, Glenn. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to deliver. Um, so cue the scary music. Mm -hmm. And now I'd like to invite the listeners to everyone shut their eyes. Okay. This was in my old house. Now, the house was rather large. Okay. And I was rather small. I was, I believe, seven years old. Could have been five. Mm -hmm. Could have been seven. Now, here is the layout of the house. Imagine the front door, okay? You open the front door, and right in front of you is a staircase. Yeah. Okay, I still remember it. There were 13 steps, okay? That's not significant, but that's what it was. And right to the left was the living room, and upstairs are where all the bedrooms were. Mm -hmm. Now, if you got to the top of the stairs, looking straight ahead is the bathroom. Mm -hmm. To the left was my, was my grandmother's apartment, and to the right was my parents' room and my room. So the story begins at not the witching hour, roughly 5 a.m. 
where little Mike had to pee really bad. And the house creeped me out, okay? I was little, it was really dark. My parents, like, their door was shut and everything was dark. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's I'm, uh, my grandmother's room was wide open and she was away on vacation okay I went down the hall and it seemed like an endless little hall I turned the corner and in her chair was a figure that is darker than the darkest night okay I'm meaning pitch black outlines and I can see that so at first I ran straight back to my room yeah but I really had to pee. So I made a stupid game plan in my head. All right, my parents' door is shut. I am going to run in there as fast as I can and take the nearest adult that is awake and show them this. So three, two, one. Little Mike goes running. I basically bash down the door. <laughs> and like my, my dad notoriously could sleep standing up. So that dude was not waking up. And I went, Mom, 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 I gotta pee, I gotta pee, I gotta pee. There's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. The saint that my mother is gets up, dead sleep, 5 a.m., and she has to go to work in an hour. Yeah. Okay. I go, I show her, she sees it. And she doesn't move. I have, she goes, turn on the light. I go, what do you mean turn on the light? There's a freaking human being sitting. There's a ghost sitting there. I turn on the light. You're the adult. You turn on the light. Yep. And she goes, Michael, turn on the light. And I will never forget that. I had to walk over, scared. I might have went to the bathroom at this point. And the, sec <laughs> and the second I flipped that switch, that figure disappeared. Wow. Both of us saw it to this day. If you asked my mom about that story, she remembers it. I remember it. Can't explain it, but it wasn't just some stupid kid being freaked out if, if an adult saw it. Or she took severe pity on me. And she's just like, sure, kid, there's a ghost. Turn on the light and go pee. Like, one of the two things. But that is a story that I still can't explain and I still remember 30 years later. So uh, there's more to the story, but it's not not for the public knowledge, but that's the gist of it. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really creepy. Yeah. So. And, and for, for any, oh, actually, I've got, I've got a similar story. Because I know go. exactly what you're referring to. They're called, for people who don't know, they're called shadow people. Um, what? Yeah. It's called shadow people. And these are a common figure in the oh, paranormal. Type it in, the shadow person, or the man in the hat, right? Because I'm going to say this on a podcast, and, and I don't say this lightly, is it was in the apartment I'm in, right, right now, and I've never repeated this story because uh, it was me by myself, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I actually painted this the next morning because I was so taken aback by it. But the bed I was in, my bed... I woke up <laughs> to a guy standing over my bed with a hat on, looking down at me, right? I couldn't see shit. I just saw a black figure looking down at me. And I reacted like, what the fuck? There's someone in my room. And this dude says to me, I'm just a traveler and vanishes. 
and I'm, I'm awake properly then and i'm like what the hell and i was like i dreamt that i must have dreamt that and of course and you're still living there huh yep if you start oh, yeah do you know do you know what i do consolation with is uh the whole thing of it's not a place that's haunted it's a person and i my logic was okay if i move <laughs> there's a good chance it's coming with you it's yeah. a waste and i started googling this thing and uh, sure enough it's like a thing people see now the other thing is right i've had a lot of chats with my my friend who suffers from um night terrors you know you know the one where you, is that you like lock sleep up. Yeah, paralysis sleep paralysis yeah. he suffers from Got this it. And th this is the thing, um, he's seen him, and he's also seen a thing called the hag that crawled up the bed at him. And is that like Mary from the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just waits he's in the seen corner. This, and apparently it's where the brain doesn't wake up properly, and it's still in the sleep state, but your body is physically awake, but the instructions to wake the body up hasn't happened, so you're paralyzed. And your body... I've had that. Yep, your body's still asleep, but you're awake, and you're kind of having this crazy stuff pumped into your brain. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I saw. But the bit that stuck with me was the, the bit was the, I'm just a traveller. That was the bit that stuck with people. Yeah, what, that's crazy. what you saw was a classic, and I'm doing quotation marks, shadow yep. person. Yep. I want that drawing, Glenn. You have to I put would, it in the I show notes. dig it out, yep. Uh, you got to put that in the show the notes Get the absolute crap out of me. Um, and yeah, the, the only reason I, I found out about his um, sleep paralysis because he's a he's a quite down to earth guy. So I happened to go around his, and I, I was just like, and I was just you know after a few things like I had a really weird thing happen to me the other day. Told him, and I expected him to do his usual thing of going, "Oh, you're an idiot," laughing at me, and he didn't. He paused and went, "Oh yeah," and uh, yeah. and I, he goes, "Tell me some more." And I told him, and he's like, "Yeah, I know what you've seen." And it's like, oh, you do? And he's like, yeah, I, I've had the almost exact same thing um, with one of my sleep paralysis um, things happen. He goes, I also see the hag as well, which apparently is another one that a lot of people see. Uh, the brain does all kinds of messed up things. Night hag. Yep. God, it's like a little gremlin lady that sits on your chest. That's the one, yeah. So my, Dude, <laughs> my wow. Sees that uh a lot and it's everywhere yeah it, it's everywhere it's it's crazy it's east asia southeast asia yeah um middle east africa europe this little demon the americas this little hag lady is sitting on people's chests everywhere absolutely oh yeah, absolutely crazy I mean, that this is just widespread phenomena right uh and i don't want to get into crazy. the whole thing is it real isn't it but you're like if enough people are seeing this what the hell is it I don't know. I've I've had that once or twice in my life, and I'll tell you, I've never been more scared in my life. There's something so unnerving about being conscious and not being able to move. Oh, it's horrible. It's the the worst feeling possible. So it is oh. absolutely horrible. Um, but I think everyone, Glenn. I don't know. Maybe some people don't. But listeners tell me, like, I think everyone has a story of something that is um, unexplainable. You know, absolutely. Um, that really makes you question your sanity and the world because yep. that's what did it to me, and I'm sure that's what did it for you. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's the whole thing of um, that, that. I don't. I can't remember who said the quote, but it's basically if you stare into the void, sometimes it stares back. Um, yeah, and it's it's just that that sends shivers down your spine when you actually think about yeah. it. But yeah, interestingly, have you ever heard of the term shadow person? I have. Yes. Yeah, and that's but, it. Uh, it is these these stories sometimes I, I read a story once about uh completely off topic but 
someone kept seeing a repeated shadow person um, and they made the mistake of acknowledging it and that was it once they'd acknowledged it they were screwed this thing did not leave them alone yeah, um, yeah. no 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 I was, I'm just going to nope off this subject now. I yeah, think. I, I think that's good because now I'm like looking over my shoulder, like, oh, there's a shadow person. Yep. Like, nope, not going to acknowledge. So, next in this Odyssey was Annabelle. Yes. Uh, which we covered last week, which is an hour and 49 minutes. And it's a prequel to The Conjuring, but it came out the year after The Conjuring was released. Mm -hmm. So, the whole timeline of this is all messed up. Now, in the movie. They use a completely different doll than the real Annabelle doll. I mean, granted, if they used the real Annabelle doll, I'm pretty sure that everyone would have died on that movie in real life. So they used one that looked far more sinister. Uh -huh. Far more sinister. And um, so much so, like, Ed and Lorraine are making a lot of money, well, were, um, on the doll because it sold. Like, this was a big movie. It, it, and, mm -hmm. like, people wanted that freaking doll. So, Anna Lorraine had a lot of input into The Conjuring. Like, a lot. They didn't have so much on this one. Um, so, this we, we've talked about it, but a brief synopsis is basically Annabelle started in 1970 when a 28-year-old nurse received the Raggedy Ann doll as a birthday gift from her mom. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, the husband gives it to his wife because he hurts her feelings. Like, this movie, I don't know, no, nothing really happened. It was so much of, oh, well, the husband has to, is studying for a doctor and the wife is pregnant, and then the husband says something really insensitive to the wife, so he goes out and buys the doll, and oh, just so happens that the wife collects dolls. Like, okay, that's not weird at all, but fine. I mean, it's just a strange one. And the movie goes on after that she adds Annabelle to the doll collection. A woman, uh, sh she's about to give birth, and a pair of satanic cultists break in and stab the pregnant woman in the belly and end up dead in their home. Now, the woman that stabbed her, her name was Annabelle in the movie, and the, she's clutching the doll as she kills herself, and her blood goes into the eye of Annabelle, which is the reason why Annabelle becomes possessed in the movie. I know that's a lot to, to wrap your head around, but it's ridiculous. So the cultist's name was Annabelle Higgins, which is also uh -huh. the name of the, the possession of the doll, supposedly. And, um, yeah, so... The whole synopsis is wrong because A, the doll wasn't possessed and Ed and Lorraine made it very clear, uh, furniture in places cannot be possessed. It was an inhumane spirit that was controlling it. Okay, The movie said it was a demon. This is the one time it's not a demon <laughs> out of all of them. So it, it, it was fine. It could have been an hour, but um, I wasn't the biggest fan of this one, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. And I know you weren't as well. So, any remembrances on the movie besides Grumpet? Um, I just don't see how you can get three movies out of a Annabelle <laughs> story. Uh, that's the thing. Dude, and there's another one coming. Yeah. And also, Annabelle was featured in The Conjuring as well. Um, yes. It's just, uh, yeah, how do you spin out an entire universe off of that? Uh, it's it's just a bit nuts what they have actually achieved, but you know, fair play to them. They've, I presume, made some money off of it. Um, a lot. I mean, like the box office was good. Yeah, they did well. And that's the thing is, uh, once once someone has a taste for um, for these films and people keep going to watch them, 
then you're going to make the money and that's that's what makes it is uh, the fact that you can get three films i thought they're going to have trouble putting the hobbit into three films but the annabelle story into three films that's just nuts 257 million dollars 257 the conjuring made three uh, 319 million so yeah in the franchise as a whole has made over let me do math all close to a billion dollars mm-hmm. actually uh, yeah close to a billion so yeah they spun a lot of stories out of this and um there was only one that's good I thought, I know, you, you know, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the movie was long, <laughs> and uh, the Warrens were nowhere in this film. Like, as opposed to The Conjuring, where they're a big part of it, they showed up for, like, ten minutes, mm-hmm. in the, and it's to take the doll, you know? So, anyway, that, moving on. Conjuring 2. Two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. How dare you? All right. <laughs> like, like, give me a break. Okay. Uh, now I'm seeing shadow people. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. This one's about the Enfield hauntings. Yeah. Poltergeist. Okay. Here's my short little review. The movie did a good job of encompassing the skeptics of the time. Okay. In the movie, a woman straight up comes up to them like, you're lying. Your kid's full of crap. Okay. This is all a hoax. How dare you? In the, the Warren's length, I, I didn't even write this in... English, but um, there are some fun facts, okay? Yeah. They did hear knockings on the wall, mm-hmm. and that seemed to be a very, very um, true source of communication within the movie and within the case, that um, the the lead investigator would say, Bill, are you upset? That's yes. Yeah. Bill, do you hate, do you want to shoot me in the face? One is no. So, like, that apparently did happen, and on the recordings, you can hear that. Um, no crawl, there's a room where all of the paranormal activity took place, mm-hmm. and in the movie, it was filled with crosses. And at one point, they all turn upside down. Spoiler alert, that didn't happen in real life, and there were no crosses in that room, except for one. Okay. I'm shocked that right now. Yeah, oh, it gets better. <laughs> so Ed and, Ed and Lorraine visited in the summer of 1978, okay? Mm-hmm. We know that. So we went over it last time. They, they maybe spent a day. We don't know. But, uh, you know, I have listed down that, you know, Guy Playfield said they were uninvited. <laughs> they didn't want him there. They stayed a day, and they, they left. So um, the movie itself was fine. It was way too long. Couldn't deal with it. Um, but I got to give it to him, man. Whoever plays Ed and Lorraine Warren, they are wonderful. I, I the, the woman, damn it. Uh, Vera Farmiga. There you go. You just vomited in yep. your mouth. But she is in literally like, she was uh, the mother in uh, Norman Bates, yep. uh, Bates Motel. Yes, yep. She is just such a wonderful actress. God, she like she made this pile of garbage shine. Beautiful woman she is as in, well. Yeah, gorgeous. And like just so believable in everything she does. But like th- th- they're sticking to their guns on this one. They have the same two people. They look nothing like the Warrens. No. They act nothing like the Warrens. Like, the Warrens... Ed was a morbidly obese dude, okay? <laughs> and Lor- Lorraine was a toothpick that looked like sh- uh, the the cat, the pigeon lady from Home Alone, okay? Like, she had a rat's nest in her hair, yeah. okay? So, anyway, I want to get through this. So, that's Conjuring 2. Um, best movie out of all the ones I saw, Annabelle Creation, mm-hmm. okay? Um... This is the story of Annabelle. Like, how? 
how did it get possessed? It's all fabricated, but damn, was this not a great movie. So it starts with these girl, sisters in an orphanage. And like, there's a great tragedy at the beginning because why would it not be? Because it's a horror film, okay? Yeah. Um, this is the best film because there are no facts. This is based on nothing, Len. This is pure imagination. There was no reference, uh, th there was no input from the Warrens. This was just a movie, and I loved it, except for the fact that it was one hour and 50 minutes long. Okay? <laughs> it sets up the idea for the doll to be uh, possessed. Yeah. But we all know that the doll isn't possessed. It's a great origin story because no one really knows where the doll came from. It just showed up in a thrift shop. So, um, But it was done right. The ending, which I won't spoil, did it so much great justice because... Uh, oh, how do I not swear? We know that the Annabelle doll is different than the actual Annabelle doll. But if you watch the end credits, or the, just watch the ending, watch this film. I really don't want to spoil it. It is so good. And it perfectly, perfectly sets up for the, for the Annabelle movie. Like, I just have in wow. Absolutely incredible setup for the first movie. This is the one to watch before you watch Annabelle. I loved it because it wasn't based on anything. They could go as wild as they want. They went crazy with it. Mm -hmm. None of it's believable, and none of it's based on anything that supposedly happened. So, yeah, cool. You, I know you didn't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. A, yeah, I, I just, I just didn't really, didn't really enjoy it at all. Really, it's. Uh, yeah, uh, they're all a bit. They're very good at the time, but they they don't stand up to to reviews scrutiny. very well. Yeah, scrutiny very yeah. well. Uh, but they are excellent in giving you the short, sharp, oh, this is fun, this is scary, it's, it's an enjoyable night out. But once you actually start yeah. scratching away at the surface, it then becomes, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it becomes difficult to bother watching it again, because why? Why would you? Yeah, well, I've, I'd watch that one again. But that leaves one left. Mm -hmm. Annabelle comes home. And where okay. does she come home to, Mike? To the Warrens' <laughs> occult room. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, oh, this is the worst film I've seen in a long time. And uh, let's just get a, a time count <laughs> so I can complain. Um, sorry for the hold up, but it's worth it. Oh, there it is. One hour and 46 minutes. Give me a break. Okay. This was torture. Okay. <laughs> this is not... A film about the occult. This is about a couple of teenage girls babysitting the Warren's daughter. Yeah. Okay? Um, and the daughter is like adorable. It's like a normal kid. Except that there's an occult museum like five feet from the kid. Mm -hmm. Okay? And of course, one of the crappy, like, uh, the babysitter herself is really fine. And then she's like, all right, annoying friend, come on over. And what does annoying friend do? Breaks into the occult museum, literally opens the box with Annabelle, and like, hell breaks loose. Like, if you ever wanted to know what unleashing a possessed doll or like the worst thing in the world is watch this movie okay mm -hmm. if you also want to watch the worst movie you've ever seen watch this movie glenn i'm gonna ask you to censor me on this next part okay <laughs> like I, i'm really gonna need you to do the, this solid for me buddy okay? okay you know when i lost all credibility go on there was one single moment where i'm like this is not in the conjuring um universe there was a f <laughs> werewolf <laughs> Okay. 
really, really, okay? That, that, well, I was just like, I'm done. I'm so freaking done, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, I wasn't a fan of this one. It was a horrible mess, and it, it wasn't fun. Like Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation was just like, all right, this is crazy. This one was just like, this is dumb. So that is the review of all of the Conjuring movies. And overall, <coughs> I think the Conjurings beat Annabelle in every single way. Mm -hmm. And Ed and Lorraine are a big part of those series. So now, um, unless I'm missing anything, Glenn, let's talk about the Warrens. <laughs> okay, so uh, the Warrens. So... Ugh, what weirdos what like obviously they're weirdos yeah but the man created his own term if it, let okay there are two camps this is real this is not real yeah okay either way this man created the term demonology then created subsets of inhumane spirits humane spirits demons possessions this and that like yep. is he brilliant is he crazy talk to me uh you know, just because you say something's real doesn't mean it is um yeah that's the thing uh i i have questions of anyone who anoints themselves something uh not that i'm looking for an official body but uh you can't go around giving yourself a career uh, as something that you're literally the only person in your field doing it. And that was his thing. He's like, I am, he, he put it that way, but he's like, I am the only demonologist that the Catholic Church will refer anyone to. Yeah, because... And I just want to be like, yeah, because you're the only one. No one else is like, I'm a demonologist too. No, Ed Warren. I'm a better demonologist. Like, no, you made that up. That is not a term in our vernacular. Like, I don't go into the phone book, if there is such a thing anymore, and look up demonology, because there would only be Ed Warren. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, the, the weird thing is, though, the, the Catholic Church, they do tend to refer people to um, psychiatrists if they believe they're possessed. They, don't, they very rarely go, quick, we better get an exorcist out there, you know. <laughs> Let's get Ed and Lorraine. <laughs> that, that's literally done for, um, just, just to kind of placate people, like, well, okay, we'll, we'll see if if the Catholic Church can help you in any way. Um, but yeah, you, you wouldn't be like, hit the Warren alarm. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. And like, it, it, he made it such a point, and he's like, I am not, I don't do these uh, exorcisms. Now, can we briefly talk about exorcisms? Yes, let's, like, let's go. The, in, in the demonologist, like, this man gave essentially the hierarchy of demons and exorcisms and anything you ever need to know. Uh, I would also su suggest never to read that book because it's terrible. But <laughs> what I learned was um, if y you are doing an exorcism as a priest, you have to fast for three days. Yep. You have to be in isolation for three days and your whole team, apparently there's a team, mm -hmm. like everyone involved in this is praying for that one priest to be successful for three days. <laughs> you mean the uh, black fast? Yes, yeah. sorry, that is, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. got to have a cool name for it, the Black Fast. I mean, that's that's badass. Yep. I mean, but Ed was very cognizant of that and, like, always, from what he, the, he says in the book, says, like, he always uh, deferred to the priest. Like, here's what gets me, Glenn, and I, I know I'm going to get hate on this, but whatever. It's just, like, to me, honestly, they were a bunch of religious quacks. Yep. Okay, they were highly religious, like to the point of, you know, like they spent 
a lot of time in the church, obviously based on being a demonologist, but like everything was attributed to, you know, oh, oh the, the dark side, the light side. In Lorraine, she was a clairvoyant. Like, give me a break here, okay? Like, I, I'm a skeptic. I am a skeptic. I don't believe in that. Like, cool, good for you. But uh, it just seems like the pairing of those two together is a match made in heaven. One, that a man that knows how to deal with demons, mm -hmm. knows how to speak to demons, and one that can see and hear voices from the other side. It, ju it just seems too good to be true. Or like a great setup to a career. You know? Maybe that's me being skeptical. But what do you think? Um, yeah, p personally, I think um, it's, a, it's a, certainly a gig you can, you can definitely sell to people. And also, no, one, no one's going to argue with you because if you're the frame of reference for this and you're the field expert, then who do you go to to complain other than someone who goes, it's complete rubbish, I want to debunk these guys. Um, but you can't really argue because they're the only people who are spinning that game in town. You know, there's, there are plenty of Ghostbusters and people out there who they do want, they do, want to do this for a living. Um, but the the problem with this is you have to take and you know I have I have been out in the past with like you know proper ghost hunting groups who had all the equipment on that um, and you have to just take people's word for it. No one can go oh look I just look at this come up I've got a video camera and I've just seen this chair fly across the room look at this. Um, Glenn, why do you think there are thirty seven seasons of Ghost Hunters? Yeah, that's they the haven't thing. found a ghost yet. Yeah, and you're unlikely to as well because um, <laughs> you, you think. Yeah, but like how I don't know. Like that bothers me so much that, like, when let's take Enfield. Like, they call the police and they're like, "Well, bad example." They, okay, any of these horror ones, mm -hmm. they call the police. Like, sorry, we can't help you. You should probably call your church. You go to the church. Like, sorry, we can't help you. Uh, let's call Ed and Lorraine Warren. Like. At that point, you've already like been through the rigmarole of possibly a psychologist, possibly the police, yep. possibly all that, and now you have two people that are like, "I see ghosts. Your house is possessed." Like, uh, there's something fundamentally wrong in, in my brain. Like, that person needs real help. I don't know if a, a big tub of goo and the stick witch woman coming in and like doing all this stuff is really going to help, but. Again, th that's why they have a career because no one can be like, "Well, they're full of crap," mm -hmm. you know. I, so th that bothers me. But those two together, they they did they went all across the country talking about this. It, it's like a cult almost in my brain because he goes uh, across stating this is fact. Glenn, the demonologist, in, according to Ed Warren, is all based on fact, yeah. and that's where I have a hard time. Demons are real. Oh yeah, show me, and like. He, he says, I have all the evidence in our um, artifact room, in our dungeon, whatever the hell he calls it, you know. Mm -hmm. and their daughter got married to a gentleman, and he is now, he was good friends with Ed. He is now running the occult museum, and he is doing great service to Ed and Lorraine by doing tours, doing everything. And unfortunately, within the past year or so, um, it, it, they've lost the land, so they are trying to relocate the museum. But... I paid $25 to go onto Ed and Lorraine Warren's site, mm -hmm. and I took a tour of the Occult Museum. I watched several interviews with them. They come across as people, well, 
Ed comes across as a no nonsense type of human being. Like, yeah, this is what it is. This is how it is. Lorraine is way more ethereal and just head in the clouds. Like, okay, she could be a nut. But yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it, they're a strange couple. And how they had a career as long as that, and that no one debunked them or no one called them out and said, you know what, you're full of crap. And like, here's why. Like, I don't know. Why did it work? H how could they do that for so long? Is there something to it? <laughs> More on the X Files. I think it's um, I think it's a confidence trick, isn't it? A lot of it is, you know, if if you walked into someone's house and thought, like, you've got some a demon here, if you're if you're genuinely suffering uh, from something that could be, you know, it could be even down to unexplained. Yeah, something unexplained. It could be down to like a carbon monoxide leak or something causing it. Could be anything causing yeah. it. And you've got someone who goes, well, we can fix this for you. Um, the chances are, then you're going to go, well, okay, I'll, I'll take a chance with this guy because I just need this sorted. Yeah. yeah, you have to be at the lowest point. You do. You, yeah, you'd have. You have to be physically and mentally broken, and I can't comment on that. But like, judging by all of their cases, like everyone was a disaster by the time they showed up. They were always the last point of resistance. They would always show up and be like, "Okay, yeah. it's a demon," and like. According to Lorraine, she was very selective. Like she, in the book, she recounts that she got a phone call, uh, you know, and this woman goes, "Is this is this Lorraine Warren?" And she goes, "Yes, this is Lorraine Warren." She goes, "I need your help. You're the you're the ghost hunting lady, right?" And she's like, "Yes, dear. Um, I I can't find my teeth. The ghost stole my teeth." <laughs> uh, and and she puts down the phone and just laughs and, and the woman goes, "Why are you laughing at me, Lorraine? What what are what's wrong with you?" And she goes, "Darling, do me a favor. Put your finger in your mouth and bite down." And the woman goes, "There's my teeth. See, you're as good as everyone says." And hangs up the phone, like <laughs> so. Like she, I'm sure they knew when it was not worth their time, but. They sounded like very busy people. They were going around the world. They were doing this mm -hmm. and that. And like, according to them, they only spent one weekend a month at their house. And all I want to know is, where's their kid during all this? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's this poor kid? Maybe that's why she grew up. To be, I don't know. I mean, she she um like is not into paranormal stuff at all. Like she and she gets really hurt when people talk badly about her parents. Like. She, they were just mom and dad, so apparently they they did a really good job of shielding that kid. Mm -hmm. So good on her then. But yeah, but uh, it's, it's 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 a it's a business at the end of the day. Like, um, but they didn't charge. How is it a business? Because of the royalties you're getting out of it, you know. It's like the stories. Yeah, the stories the you're getting stories. out of it. You know, if I was going to make a make a gamble, you know, I've I've dabbled with the old comic books in the past. Doing a yeah. comic book. If I was going to make a comic book, I'd be well prepared. I'm not going to make any money from this book, but the right eyes see my book. They then might go, oh, we want to adapt this. And that's where the money comes from. You know, poor struggling artist just wants to get picked up. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing. It's, uh, you know, someone says, oh, yeah, no, the services are free. You're like, really? Like, you'll, do, you'll get rid of this for free? It's like, yeah, yeah, we will. Um, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a story, right, Mike? And this this story goes back. Uh, let's think about it. Twenty uh, twenty years ago, okay. It was with my ex ex ex, right? And she a lot of she X's. had triple X. <laughs> uh, she had a daughter, 
and uh, we lived in an apartment and this daughter started talking to someone that wasn't there right oh shut up yeah and this is true um and it kind Put of the daughter down yeah it, it, it was it was a strange situation but i i never okay. directly had anything really bizarre happen it was, it was a strange apartment i'll give it that um there was one time when the daughter went to her grandparents and me and my ex we were sitting in the living room literally just dropped her off and that and we did both hear something in her bedroom um mm -hmm. and this is a pure series of coincidental events right um we we heard something in her bedroom and we were both like what the hell was that and we just went out for the night it's like let's not worry about this let's just go out let's get the fuck out yeah yeah you know let's get course. the fuck out of this place <laughs> uh went out came back didn't really think anything of it anyway uh cut to i used to work delivering uh milk <laughs> it, was, it was a temporary job and i used to go around in a big van delivering milk to various places and whoa, 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 whoa. yeah uh, how what in containers in jugs were yeah, you the like, milkman yeah, like milkman yeah you, like you take bottles okay you know, this other stuff yeah anyway I got, there's a, that's not weird there at was all. this okay. guy there and he, he was an interesting guy he led an interesting life and um he happened to mention one day about his weird childhood and basically his parents were massive spiritualists um, okay. they were into all sorts and they'd be holding seances around their house and things like that and he said he had a messed up childhood he He's you like, think? yep. And, um, and I said, oh, funny, funny you say that. And I told him this story about, um, you know, her daughter talking to something that was there. And, and he offered to, he offered to bring his mother around to kind of go and get rid of it. And uh, he, he brought her around and she, she came around to be fair and she didn't charge a penny. She sat there and she had a cup of tea, lovely woman. And she was there about four hours just kind of like conversing with something. And he, she told me, well, uh, yeah. She, okay, yeah. Well, hold on. The, the woman was conversing with the thing that doesn't exist? She was conversing with something, right? Uh, or with the kid? Yeah, she was conversing with this kid. And to be fair, okay. to be fair, the daughter wasn't there, so she wasn't feeding her oh, anything. Okay. But she said okay. this, this girl came in off the street because she saw a little girl and just went in there. And um, she gave us her name and that and who she was and blah, blah, blah. But and she was Lorraine Moore. Yeah. <laughs> But, but here's, here's the thing, right? Um, but I, I've always been a very, a very slight sceptical person about things, right? You literally mm -hmm. need to show me evidence before I believe something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't even trust my own brain. If I see something, I'm like, I'm by myself. That, that's not real. That's, that's my brain mm -hmm. conjuring. That's, I know how the brain works and everything. Um, anyway, so no, she's, she's there. And then she starts telling me about these other things that are coming through, wanting to talk to me. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, give the, I'll give this a listen. And she said, there's, there's a guy here, he's an astronomer, and he's an old lady, and they're your spirit guides, okay? And, Galileo, okay. Yeah, and, and so I was like, uh-huh. And I started pushing her for information. And okay. I started wanting details of, uh, okay, she says, they're with you all the time. And I was like, Okay, if they're with me all the time, can you just ask them to answer these questions? And mm -hmm. she got a bit twitchy when I started asking for detailed answers. Um, oh, yeah. And I was like, if someone's with me all the time, they can see this. Um, and then she started, she started saying, oh, yeah, they're showing me a car. It will be your pride and joy. This is what you're going to inherit. Now, you, you and I both know I'm not a car person at all. No. Never have been, never will be. And she got a bit on edge. Um, 
she wasn't offended, but she got a bit uncomfortable with my level of questioning. And yeah, and, and she <laughs> wait, wait, she got a little bit uh, unnerved while she's talking to a wall. Yeah, this is this she's is getting offended. She's, okay. get, she's getting a bit on edge because I think she was taken aback and she wasn't prepared. She thought I was just going to buy it. So I was, I'm going to go to oh, the yeah. house and, <laughs> and I'm start I start pushing her on these questions. So I'm like, I'm more fascinated than anything. I'm like. Okay, I, I kind of want to know the answers to this because this is a one-off yeah. opportunity. I've got someone in my house that's claiming to be able to do this. They've come in and done this thing of talking to something. And then I'm like, right, okay, well, I'm going to ask you these questions because this, yeah. this is, like, amazing. I'm not having to pay for this. You're claiming it. <laughs> I, want to, I want to see um, what you've got. You know, you're saying these things are coming through. Let's answer some questions. Yeah, and uh, she was like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to have to go home now. Um, and it was a very polite did, thing of, okay, thanks, thanks a lot, bye, but kind of went did out. Did the kids stop talking to the wall? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> of course not. No, because it's, it's a child's imagination. She was an only I, child at the time, and she was very lonely. Damn. Well, I, I, your story triggered a memory that... A bad memory, but let's let's go with it. So uh, I had an apartment mm -hmm. with my ex, and... Um, yeah, it, it was a sm tiny apartment, New York City apartment, really small, like one living room and a bedroom the size of your thumb in a kitchen mm -hmm. that was the size of your thumbnail. And like, it was fine for the first little while. We actually like waited six months to get furniture. We were sleeping on the floor. Like it was a freaking nightmare, man. So, um, but one day, like things started happening in that apartment that we can't, we couldn't explain. And we got to the point of almost killing each other so what like one night the gas turned on by itself okay and i asked her i'm like what did you do and she looked at me like i didn't do that so we just turned it off the tv would go on and off unexplained mm -hmm. like the volume would go to the loudest setting and stay there like you, you the, the control didn't work turning off the tv didn't work and then it would come down like um and now, was it coming down when you were paying it attention or dropped by itself? Yeah, like, you, you, it, Glenn, it, it almost filled the entire apartment. It was deafening. Like, you, could, you, you couldn't do anything else. I, you would stare at the TV and try and turn it off, and then it would just come down as I'm watching it. Like, I'm watching the volume slider come down. Yeah. A and we noticed, like, as time went on, we were more and more hostile to each other. Like really like and it wasn't just like oh okay we're being jerks to each other like this was just like totally irrational uh behavior mm -hmm. so so much so that we sold the apartment like it was that bad like it, it, she she was convinced that it was possessed and all the time like this this is just a new york city apartment it sucks like this is what happens mm -hmm. but like so we eventually got rid of it so yeah i can't explain that i don't think it was a ghost i think it was just a really terrible apartment but um, <laughs> you know and uh the last story was in that apartment i got my current cat and um she fostered cats at one point we had 14 kittens in our apartment the size of your thumb yeah okay it was a nightmare and she believed that she could change every cat and we got a feral cat. Now, I'm talking, like, vicious feral. Yeah. Like, she had success with other ones. So, one day, we couldn't find the, the vicious cat. And there's a closet. And it was a, a, a long, deep closet. And she she goes, Mike, you got to find this thing. So, I look in the closet. And then there's a top part of the closet. Uh -huh. okay? 
I will never forget this in my life. And there were there was all sorts of blankets of crap up there. I'm pulling this. I'm pulling blanket after blanket. The cat attached to me like a head crab from Half-Life or from Alien. It just <laughs> attached to my face, ripping my flesh, screaming, oh. and then just ran, like, causing hell. I'm like, this this gotta stop. And that was, like, the night that I'm like, we need to get out of here. Like, A, it was a feral cat, but B, I, I just had enough. So, yeah, no, I mean, we all have these experiences yeah. that are just weird, And but you're very... Um, welcoming i i wouldn't let a person that says oh i can fix your kid that talks uh, to the wall like i don't know I, uh, mediums and all that i'm not there yet man like if there's something in the beyond let it stay there yeah i don't want to get involved i don't want no demons but yeah there's, there's a reason there's a veil there apparently um yeah and that's it here we got we've got their business poking through uh, but no, it was it was a purely a well. Okay, if you can claim you can do this, uh, I, I kind of want to no, of know a bit more about it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I, I I'm not at that point of despair. Like people are when they they go to these. Like I've gone to a psychic. Like it was fine. Like it's grossly overpriced, and she told me nothing new. Like that was thirty mm -hmm. like thirty years ago, twenty years ago. So. I don't believe in it. I'm a, I'm a huge skeptic of all this. Like, I'm hugely skeptical of all the stories I told today. Like, I try and poke holes in it. So, with the Warrens, for me, it's a matter of suspending this, my belief. Okay? Mm -hmm. I want to believe that all this stuff happened. And, like, if I ever met, like, the people that were involved, like, I'd be totally sympathetic. You know? Like, who am I to say that your uh, experience isn't true? You know? It's just leave me out of it. But that it's certainly a great story. And they are great storytellers. Is it true? Is it not true? We'll probably never know. But uh, I, I'm hoping once the cult museum gets up and running, uh, I'd like to visit it. It's in Connecticut. It, it's not going to be a long drive, an hour or two or three. Like, I'd check that out. But, um, yeah, the Warrens have been interesting to explore, Glenn. I think we can. I mean, as storytellers, they're definitely tease. As human beings, I think they're the worst grumpet of any kind. That's just my opinion. How about you? Great. Uh, I, I think. I, I think we we could probably, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah. Storytellers tea. Human beings grumpets. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, oh, it's like a, a purge of relief getting this done because so much has went into this, like, those damn movies. I'm never going to watch a movie again. <laughs> I mean, I just want to add up all the hours. That's a lot of hours spent in this universe and the demonologist and everything. I mean, it is a fascinating rabbit hole to fall down. And I love yep. the paranormal. I love all this. But this was such a specific paranormal rabbit hole, you know. And the problem is there's just not enough information, you know, like Enfield. Oh, we have 600 hours of tape. Oh, yeah? Where is it? Because all I can find is about five hours on YouTube. So mm -hmm. I want to know more. And I think that's the essence of the Warrens and of 
paranormal activity. Like we want to know more. We want to know is there something out there. Um, but for now, <laughs> I'm just happy to read about it. And you know, absolutely. And you know, as proven, everyone has their own stories. Whether they're true or not, you don't know. Like to them, you know, to them it's true. You know, I can tell you to me, that shadow person was as true as it can come. That apartment was as true as it can come. Does yep. it mean that it's real? No, but to me, damn, that, that left an imprint. Yeah, that's so. it. You know, your, your brain's interpreted something. Um, it, it certainly has interpreted something. And I think, you know, your, your what, what story of your, your mom actually seeing it as well. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, that. that's always the point I get to whenever anything weird happens. It's like, who else saw it? No one. Then I can't, can't believe yep. it. Yep, yep. No, that's the thing because you know um, I can remember. I remember as a kid, I'd see spiders all the time, but they weren't there. Um, and that's the thing; it's, uh, I'd hallucinate giant spiders a lot when I was tired. Um, but my brain just decided to show you know your your thing when you're tired is you see giant spiders. You ever go to therapy? Uh, <laughs> oh, giant spiders. Yeah, um, but yeah, was, that that was what my brain used to do. It used to just generate giant spiders. So maybe. Wow. If you're being haunted by giant spiders, who knows? Or maybe you're just a touched kid. <laughs> <laughs> God, well, what a uh, great ride. What a great ride, man. Yeah, uh. Absolutely. So uh, for this two-part episode, uh, if you have any comments or wish to comment on the episode in general or you wish to uh, attack our thoughts or maybe, maybe that- give your own thoughts... Possess us. Yeah, possession. Uh, Or if you're looking for a spot on the show, uh, if you can have definitive proof that the supernatural is real and you can offer it to us, you can contact us by tweeting at tgrumpetspod, emailing us tgrumpetspod at gmail.com or leaving us a voice note in the show notes. But for this week, I have been Glenn. And I've been Mike. And take care. And we will speak to you very soon bye bye